You're listening to How To 20-Something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-Something. Welcome back to How To 20-Something, piggybacking off of last week's episode, and if it's not last week's, it's probably like three weeks ago, but it was when I was talking about building your healthy foundation. Today's episode brings on Jared Fisher to talk about the role exercise plays in your life as you age, while also touching on how it just keeps you mentally stable as you navigate different aspects of your 20s and really the rest of your life. We are going to talk about how he used exercise to drive his career path the common challenges some men face in today's world, how to get the most out of your workout when you are crunched for time, and ways to prevent injuries. So buckle up as we have a lot in store for you today. And don't forget that if you want some structure to your workouts, if you're new to weightlifting, I have a free weightlifting guide linked in the show notes filled with pictures, explanations, and YouTube links so you know exactly what you're doing in the gym. So while you go fill out your name and email to get the guide, I'm going to introduce who you are listening to today. Jared Fisher is an aspiring physician assistant who specializes in regenerative medicine and peptide therapy. He was originally born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa, and came to the U.S. on a tennis scholarship to Brevard College, North Carolina. Shortly after receiving his B.A. in health science, he fled to Chicago to pursue a year off schooling and work as a personal trainer. That year quickly turned into three. He went through some visa issues and had to return home for a bit, but eventually made his way back to the United States, where he became a physical therapy tech to gain patient contact hours for PA school. He then got accepted into Elon University's PA program and moved to Charlotte shortly after to pursue his career in regenerative medicine and peptide therapy. Hi, Jared. Welcome to How To 20-something. Hey, thank you, Jess. That was a very, very kind and wonderful introduction. Very happy to be here. I know it's been in the works for a while, so um, I'm excited to do this and get it started. Thank you for having me on. Of course. I'm glad you're here. And based on your bio, you've made a lot of big changes in your life. So before we dive into your expertise, I want to know what made you even decide to apply to a college across the world and then leave everything you've ever known to pursue a degree here in the U.S.? That's a really good question. And if I had to be 100% honest with you, I there was this extremely deep drive that I wanted a little bit something more in my life than I thought I could have ever gotten in South Africa. I was in a place that was my home, but I almost felt out of place at the same time. I I don't feel like I was quite in the place that I needed to be. You know, I did want to explore. I wanted adventure. I wanted to learn and try new things. And at the time that I was in high school, it was a very popular thing for some South African uh, kids to get a like a golf, tennis or soccer scholarship overseas somewhere, whether it be the UK 
America or any other country, really. So my parents and I discussed it when I was in high school. And they said, hey, we'll get a recruiter, um, see if you can get a scholarship somewhere. You can try it out, do what you want, and you'll always have a home to come back to. And I thought, yeah, let's just try it and see how it goes. It was it was very difficult at first because you do miss everything that you were used to. But I think being in uncomfortable situations and just kind of trusting the process, that's where you learn to grow. And honestly, within those four years that I went to Brevard, I had learned and grown more in those four years than I think I ever did previously. And that was living on my own, kind of learning to do what I needed to do to get by, learning how to, it's just going to sound so stupid, but learning how to cook and like clean up after myself and learn to navigate through social interactions, staying, uh, obviously, because I was part of the tennis team, you have to stay fit and healthy as well. So then making that a part of my regimen, I really, really grew most as a person, I think, in those four years than, than I ever have anywhere else. Yeah. And I think what you had said when you first started talking of you talk with your parents and said you always have a place to come back to that is a message i preach to as many people as i can more so if they want to make a career decision or a moving away decision like yours would have been or yours was and it's just knowing that just try it out because you always have that place you can come back to you can always go back but you're you don't want to live that life wondering what if and that goes to show that that growth mindset of I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't work out, that's OK. But at least I did it. I gave it a try. And I mean, you're still in the U.S. Yes, there was some visa issues in there. But would you say it's, it's working out to your advantage? I would say it's working out right now. Obviously, I, I did have to go through a whole lot of stressful situations when eventually when I moved to Chicago. That was when I was probably the most stressed where I had the most issues going on but um, and then when I came back I think I told you this at some point but when I did leave to come back to South Africa I for, for some reason I felt like I had given up on what I was meant to do or what I wanted to do my family wasn't as much of a family unit as they were before because everyone was working all the time and all this other stuff it didn't quite feel that same homey feel when I was extremely young and so just with those two things paired together, I just was super determined to make it no matter what. And I think, again, when I got back, that's when there was other visa issues, money, financial stuff, housing issues that I had run into. And regardless of what happened, at some point, my mom actually contacted me and said, please just come back home. You know, long story short, I was I was uh, living with a like a, a distant cousin and they weren't the best of people, but they did offer me a place to stay in, in Chicago while I was living there. They gave me a place to stay while I was trying to get on my own two feet. But the ladies, the, the lady who I stayed with, her husband was an ex-alcoholic. And I didn't know. And I had brought um, a six-pack of beer into the home one time. I took it to my room. And I drank in my room. Like, I just wanted to have a beer, play some guitar. I was playing guitar most, like most of the time, too, at that point. And just kind of have fun because I didn't know anyone there me walking it through the home was a really big offense to her and it just she never really told me and one thing after the other just just these small things she let, just landed up kicking me out and i used uh, whatever like all my savings which i think was only like two or three hundred three thousand dollars at the moment just to buy my own car because i still i also never had my own car at that point and then use the rest of my money for first month's rents off somewhere on craigslist and then 
I would I was living paycheck to paycheck at that time, just getting enough money to pay rent on all these places that I would hop to. So yeah, it was a really interesting time in my life. And thinking thinking about it now, it just doesn't even seem real because it's just such a distant thing. But I'm very glad that I went through it because I think if you can tolerate those tough times and push yourself through, you're gonna become even more resilient for when there's other challenges in your life. And um you know, just kind of like what we we're talking about, exercise plays a huge role in, in that as well. <laughs> Speaking of which, did it, you continue with some form of physical activity after you graduated? So now you're maybe you're not playing tennis anymore. And if you did, what did that do for you mentally? Or like, did it keep you grounded while you were going through a lot of these changes and your ability to adapt the, to these changes? Like, how is exercise influencing? all of your other actions to continue to strive to get onto your feet. Yeah, when I did step away from college tennis, I did need a, another outlet. And so I did start working out a little bit more. I wasn't a, like a gym rat by any means, but I started to lift a little bit more weights, go on runs, and I would do hit type training, high intensity interval training. I met some trainers in a gym called Charter Fitness in a in Illinois when I was living in there. And I would just get regular workouts. I'd look up some stuff and go here and there. So it, eventually when I stopped playing, I did need some sort of physical outlet. And that was just to keep me mentally insane. You know, um, a lot of me working out back then and now really helped me cope with any sort of changes or stressful situations. And I think that allows you to adapt to whatever you need to in order to reach your next step to where you want to go. So exercise, right? It increases your adrenaline and your cortisol levels in small amounts. Um, that basically happens. You get those same spikes when you are dealing with certain changes and stressful situations in your life. If you do exercise regularly, it really helps your body and your mind they adapt to those stressors much better. So if there was a small stressor in your in your life and it tipped you way over and you had no clue what to do, how to act, whether you're making the wrong decisions or not, that's a huge deal. And people break down from that. But again, if you're regularly exercising, you're putting yourself through those small micro stressful situations and your body is adapting chemically, right, in that way, it really helps you to be a little bit more decisive and think clearly during those stressful situations. So when you become stressed, you're like, okay, what is my desired outcome here? What is the main problem? And then you can problem solve for that and make sure that you can get to where you want to be, right? So that it doesn't completely derail you. And I think that was a very important part of keeping exercise in my in my life. One, it was my anchor. So it was no matter what was changing, so whether it be my job, my living area, my living quarters, whatever it was, you know, working out and exercising would be the main anchor to keep me sane. That was the thing that I could count on that would be constant, you know. So if, if people left, were out of my life, my home changed, financial resources, you know, dried up. There was always physical activity and exercise there to make me feel better. So it was good. Yeah, your happy chemicals get released. And I was even going to say that it's your place that is consistent. It's You can always rely on, okay, but I can go to the gym. Like, what is one thing I can do for myself? I can go work out. And that was something, no matter what, you had full control over being able to go do. What would you say maybe are some of the bigger challenges 
that you faced, like you don't have to go into specific of what the bigger challenges are that you faced with all of these different career changes and decisions you're making, but maybe some insight to someone that is in their 20s going through some big changes themselves, what would you advise them to do in regards to their exercise, knowing that you just emphasized how important it is to have that regularity and that stability in your life and in your routine? I honestly think the biggest challenge is like when you're facing career moves or anything like that in your 20s is finding what your purpose is and what your passion is, right? Um, I think a lot of people don't really know what they want to do in their early 20s or, hey, I don't know if this is right for me and X, Y, Z. And it's really hard to explain why, but honestly, exercise in general helps to clear your mind, your body, your emotions, it really down to your core to where I think it can, you can have benefits to where it can drive you to think a little bit more clearly. And you could probably find your passion and your and your purpose a lot easier, right? Especially as as guys in the world, when we're set to a certain standard, I think if you work out regularly and you have a passion or purpose that you're thinking about on a deeper level can also add to the drive and the motivation to want to go do that. So it's not really just about having that passion and that purpose, but can you now execute on that, right? Well, I want to do X, Y, Z. There's a difference between just thinking and feeling that you want to go do xyz whether it be in construction healthcare uh life coach trainer whatever it is there's a difference between thinking and knowing you want to do it and then there's the actually have to execute and do it and i think exercise especially when you've made it a routine it can give you that ability to execute on things that you want and you're thinking about and I think that's the biggest difference between somebody who may not exercise on a regular basis to somebody who does, is that the follow through can, and this is not for everyone, I'm not trying to generalize, I'm just trying to say that I think there's so many benefits that you can have in your whole life, and it, it exercise bleeds into different areas of your life in a good way. And I think that it can give you a little bit more that, again, drive to actually want to go like, oh, I want to go do XYZ, and then you go and you do it. Whereas somebody who doesn't may just be like, I want to do that, but I'm going to sit on my couch, play video games, eat potato chips, whatever it may be. And hey, if that's what you want to do, like power to you, you know, like, but exercise definitely helped me execute on some of the things that I may have been afraid of doing if I, if, you know, if, if I wasn't. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's because exercise does so many things for you. It keeps like the mental health benefits alone, which I talk about this on some other episodes as well. Mental health benefits, it puts you in a routine. It's going to psychologically lead you to make better decisions because you're already showing up for yourself in this area. And it's, you're growing. When you are in the gym, you are actually learning. Like you are getting smarter because you have to learn certain muscle recruitment patterns. So it has all of these effects that will bleed out into other areas that'll make you more alert at your work. It'll give you that routine and that stability in your life. This is a big message that I preach that my listeners know about, but it's gives you that routine so that you can go out and see what else the world has to offer, which could lead to your passion. It just opens so many doors for you. And not to mention the people you meet along the way. For those of you guys listening, Jared and I go to the same gym. That's how we met and how he wanted to be on this podcast. And it it just expands 
into all of the other areas in your life as you were talking about. And you and I both have this passion for health and exercise that has led to our career choices. How would you say your relationship to exercise has evolved as you've gotten older? And before you answer that, I'll say like I've I've had bad relationships with exercise and my relationship with it has improved so that it's geared more towards my mental health benefits than how do you have a bad relationship with exercise i want to know that (laughs) overtraining i talk about this in Uh, i'm not sure that's true very true i didn't even think about that i'm not sure the order of these episodes just yet but i do talk about it in uh, like the talking about different types of exercise and which one is good for you and i i talk about my story of i would overtrain a lot. I'd beat my body down because I wanted to be as small as possible and was afraid of gaining weight, afraid of being fat. And I think I've moved so far from that point in my life that is like, I, I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to look good naked. I want to just have a really good, strong head, brain in my head. And exercise gives me that mental clarity because it is a form of self-care. It is there to show up for me. But back... To you, how has your relationship evolved? (laughs) It's evolved to where it's definitely become a must-have routine in my life as I've become older. I think when you're young, you can kind of get away with not exercising super often. You know, your metabolism's up, your recovery's there. You know, you can still have the benefits being young without doing the exercise. Now, if I don't exercise, my body knows it and it feels it. It really helps keep me, again, resilient to any sort of changes, stresses, it keeps me clear-minded, uh, brings my stress levels down, right? And again, it gives me the ability to deal with other stressful situations in your life because, you know, as you grow up, you're going to have, there's going to be bills to pay, things to do. You're going to have a lot more responsibility. So in order to tackle all these things efficiently, as I've gotten older, it's just this routine of exercise just has been a must. It bleeds out into the rest of my lifestyle, and that feels it too. Maybe I don't work as hard as I could have on some patients, right? Maybe I don't finish like some charting that I need to do. Um, for extra side hustle stuff, I'm not completing that in a timely manner. Am I being a good friend to my friends if I'm feeling, you know, if I'm not on top of my stuff? So, it, again, it can bleed into other areas of your life. And you mentioned like you know, cognition and learning capabilities earlier in the in the question before. I actually wanted to ask you if you've ever heard of uh, BDNF. Do you know what BDNF is? Brain-derived neurotropic factor? Yes. I've, I've heard of it. I do. Can I explain it? I mean, not probably as well as you can. <laughs> it's an, I mean, I used, I actually did a whole uh, thesis on it in college. I've forgotten most of it right now, but I do know that when you exercise, and especially high-intensity interval training, you get this large spike of this brain-derived neurotropic factor. And I forgot which areas of the body is, so no one quote me, really. But I feel like it's parts of your brain and parts of your muscles that release this. And it really helps reinforce learning patterns in your mind. And so I, doing exercise can just make you smarter in general. you know. And I, and I don't think a lot of people know that. I think sometimes, especially when you look at guys in the gym and they're just labeled as as meatheads you know dumb meatheads I think that's a that's one other thing right but yeah when I'm with clients and they've learned a new exercise because exercise is a skill it's a skill that needs to be learned and improved on so when they've learned and mastered a new skill and we get to actually push the weight because they have the control they have the form everything is 
good to go, I tell them, like, you just got a little bit smarter. Like, a little piece of your brain just kind of lit up. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's, that's very true, and people don't realize that they're making those connections in their mind as they're exercising. Yeah, and I will say on, like, the topic of growth and learning things, I think it's also important to note that as we get older, we kind of already reached our peak of constant growth, like growing quite literally like in height, in our bodies. And it's like you obviously your muscles can continue to grow, but you reach a peak probably in college. And from that point on for the rest of your life, your body's trying to break itself down, meaning that you are more successful to injury, especially if you don't treat the exercise like the skill that it is, because it is a skill that needs to be learned properly and there is a good way and there is a bad way to do it. What are your best practices to preventing injuries as we get older, maybe as we get a little weaker, a little tighter, our posture gets a little more bad? What are your what are your some go-to practices to injury prevention? I think the the best go-to practices is always going to come down to food and mobility. The one I say food because you can eat things that are pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. And I think that's a huge part that probably not a people, people know about pro-inflammatory foods. It's a buzzword now, but I think if you ate clean and things that don't put your body in this inflamed state, you know, when you work out, you your tendons, muscles, ligaments are less likely to tear. They're more likely to tear if you have inflammatory markers just kind of floating around. Another one is mobility. I think the the first time that I ever saw, I, I've I've practiced mobility for a very long time now. Um, I try to make it a daily routine. Sometimes I don't. Most of the time I do, but I can always appreciate when others are doing it and. And they're doing it consistently. So when I saw you in the gym, you were doing very comprehensive mobility exercises that I don't think I've ever seen anyone else do in the gym. I've seen it done in like parts of physical therapy. I was a physical therapy tech before I went to PA school. And so those are some of the things that I would teach to some um, patients and some things that I've seen physical therapists do. But you were doing them, you know, just on the side. And it was extremely impressive. Thanks. So... Yeah, you're welcome. But um, I think those are just like a must for injury prevention because if we are not well balanced and mobile, if we exercise while we still have certain restrictions or muscle imbalances, eventually that does lead to injury, you know? And I don't think some people know. So if my hips or my, my pelvis or my low back is not mobile and I lift, you know, I might it might not be injured right there. But I do that consistently wrong or inefficient over time. Eventually, boom, I pull something and I'm, I'm sore and I'm, I'm out of the game for a little bit. And I have maybe even developed chronic pain. And I think people always think like, oh, it was that one time that I lifted that thing that led to my injury. But it's really not. It was really the multiple times you either lifted or did this exercise in that inefficient way when you were either restricted or you weren't moving correctly doing that over and over again, you know, fit into this muscle imbalance, and now you're hurt. So making mobility, again, a key, especially as you get older, like is 100% necessary if you want to keep working out and doing doing good things in the gym. Food is definitely up there. Because I do think that plays a role. But if you want some immediate effects, I think if you eat clean for a long period of time, that whole lowering of your inflammatory 
like cytokines and all this other stuff that will help if you want more immediate benefits doing a good mobility routine can almost instantly within five to ten minutes just change your whole workout so that's 100 percent necessary just have to point out the guide that's in the show notes has all of my favorite mobility exercises linked to it. So I'm going to plug that in there again. Of It's an amazing free resource for you guys to access. And I I know like we, I have a very extensive mobility routine. It does not need to be that extensive. I just, I enjoy it. I put a podcast in and I'm in the zone like taking care of my body. I also have my own hip issues. So I cater it to that primarily so I don't hurt myself. And then I put all of my clients on their own mobility routines that they need based off of some muscles that I see are a little bit tighter or to prime them, like get them ready for the exercises I have planned for them that day. And it is a form of injury prevention. It's so you don't hurt yourself. It's not an after the fact thing. It's for before your workout. Instead of walking on the treadmill Learn some mobility exercises. They're really good for you. They feel really good too. It's like a nice little stretch. Like you're taking your body through a full range of motion and it's extremely restorative. Even the days that I don't work out, I still do my mobility just because of how routine it is and how good it feels for me to take my body through these different motions. No, like you're 100% correct. I think people are kind of queuing into the fact now that it is such an essential part of working out, you know, and longevity as you get older. And again, preventing injury. A lot of uh, people on, you know, NFL, NHL teams, just soccer teams, tennis, mobility now is such a must for pro athletes, right? You, whereas back in the day, probably went for a small, you know, jog, and you did these small, um, kind of stretch (laughs) exercises. Yes, but it's become so scientific like there's there's so much detail now to how to mobilize your hip or your shoulder in certain ways to either get muscles firing or to loosen it up to where you have more range of motion there's just so much more information out there now on it and again if you have the right coach right just kind of like the stuff that you're doing with all your clients it helps a ton people may not realize it at the time but you don't want to wait until you're injured to do these things you want to do it now so you don't ever get injured. I can't even emphasize the the must on mobility now, even when you're not feeling like you're in pain. I don't think if people are feel great, they can't just okay. I'm gonna warm up a few, you know, a few sets on bench, and then all of a sudden go bench heavy. Like, do a good shoulder mobility warm up, right? Activate your rotator cuffs, and it's just um, I think that's something that I'm glad you're preaching to a lot of your clients because it's it was definitely a must for a lot of people. I was going to say, I think guys, sorry to put guys under the spotlight here, but guys have a way. Again, all the time, just throwing guys under the bus. That's okay. <laughs> no, I don't I'm do used that. To it by but now. I will say, like, because I watch people in the gym, I'm always watching people's forms. It's like my eyes are drawn to them. I'm not judging, but it's like as a trainer, my brain is instantly being a trainer. I was even working out with another trainer earlier this week and my eyes were watching his form and giving some corrections here and there like as because we were trying to push the weight like as things get heavier form starts to break down is like okay this is when you stop but I've noticed guys are a lot more prone to walking into the gym and starting their workout and as you said is like oh they'll do a couple light weight reps on a bench press or something and think that's a great warm-up that is not a warm-up that is a warm-up to the exercise you're doing 
but you if you do mobility like you really just need one set of a lighter weight that for me I do like whatever I can I know I can do 10 reps of is what I do after my whole mobility routine that 10 reps one set is with my lighter weight and from there I add on the weight depending on how those 10 reps felt and I base it all off of that and you're super right. And I think you're right. Guys are just notorious for not really focusing on a good warm up and mobility. And I don't truly know what it is if it has to deal with our ego or some other underlying thing. But it's the same thing with going to the doctor, right? If somebody's sick or if a guy is injured, men are less likely to go seek help than um, I think than, than women are. And I don't really know what that has to deal with. But I'm sure it has to deal with the same thing like, oh, I don't need mobility, you know, like I just I'm just going to get like I'm just going to get after it. And I think it has to deal like slightly with ego. But I think any seasoned lifter or bodybuilder or exercise guru, if you if you're a guy, you know, to check your ego at the door, you know, that's the last thing that you want. You don't want an ego in, in the gym. You got to be humble. You got to learn. And again, you got to mobilize. And then I think good things will happen. Yeah, I think it's ego, but also just not knowing what to do. Or again, comes it kind of comes back to ego. Of like you're when right. you're in college, of uh, you're not thinking. Your body's so resilient when you're in college, and especially as like through most of your twenties, I would even argue that it's not thought about. None of your friends are doing it, so it's nothing that's introduced. And if you were to go sit down and start doing some ninety nineties. Your friends might be like, what are you doing? Like, let's get up and go squat. Like, come on, the day, like we're burning daylight hours. And I think it's, I do see over the last year alone, I've seen a lot more people doing mobility exercises, which makes me happy. I'm just like, yes. And then it also makes you question of like, oh, where did you learn it from? Because I know where I learned mine from. But mine's from buying programs that have it, as well as from physical therapy rehab from my own injuries from like breaking a bone or something. So it's like I've compounded all of my life experiences as well as seeking out the information to have it. But I'm always curious to know where other people get it from. And I just love seeing that more and more people are taking in this mobility routine. I even made the trainer that I worked out with do my entire routine (laughs) before we did his leg day. Good. How How did you take it? He was like, oh, Jess, I never do this, but you're spoiling my body right now. It's going to hate me for never doing this. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. (laughs) All right. So the episode, again, I don't know the timing of this episode exactly at this moment. It's it's either going to be you or a different guest that's in that order. But anyways, the timing of this is either the exercise that comes out before it or after it is what type of exercise should you do based off of the goals you have in mind? And I also like to remind people that you don't need to work out for 45 minutes or even two hours to have this quote-unquote complete workout. That being said, can you share your opinions on how to get the most out of a workout when you're working with limited time? So when, for those list, the 20-somethings listening, when they're starting this new job and all of a sudden 9, 10 hours of their day is consumed by being in the office and even thinking about working out seems horrible, What's what are ways to get a full or like some version of a full workout in with that limited time that they might now be working with? That's a real good question because that could be really tough especially for people who are new to exercise 
right? Like, how do I squeeze like a really good routine or a good exercise in or a good workout into 20 minutes, 30 minutes? It's definitely possible. But uh, the one thing that I would share if that's what people need to do is it needs to be something that is planned, right? Like the day before or a week before and you plan your workouts with a trainer would be great because then all the planning is done for you. He's selling for me. I don't even have to. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So the, the, the what I used to do because I've done both like CrossFit hit training and I've done bodybuilding. And so we'll kind of dive into those two areas. So let's dive into like a, a more of a hit style workout. If I was super pressed for time and I was still doing a lot of that stuff, I would do a quick warm up, right? Whether that would be, you know, a stepper, a runner, or do something where I'm starting to bring up my heart rate and I would mobilize. Hopefully, that wouldn't take me more than eight to 10 minutes, right? So there's my 10 minutes gone. I would grab, if you're, again, it depends on if you're going to do machines, free weights, whatever. But again, a good one that we used to do for HIIT training or for a CrossFit style workout is just grab some dumbbells, right? And you do something called an EMOM, which is every minute on the minute. And I would do a different exercise each minute for, for a total of four minutes. So let's say um, I took the dumbbells and in the first minute I needed to do 20 floor presses so it's kind of like a bench press but you're just you know pressing up for with your elbows touching the ground so I did 20 floor presses and that took me 30 seconds so I now have 30 seconds of rest until I need to hit my other exercise so as soon as I have that as soon as that one minute is up I start my second exercise and I take those same dumbbells and then I do 20 thrusters, right? So that's when you have the dumbbells on your shoulder, you squat all the way down and as you come up, you press them overhead. So let's say that takes me 40 seconds. I now have 20 seconds rest before I hit my next exercise. And let's say that's dumbbell bent over rows. So now I'm hitting my back. So now I do 20 bent over rows and that took me 20 seconds. So now I have another 40 seconds to rest before my fourth exercise, and it is uh, crunches or setups. Maybe you doing crunches or setups with the with the dumbbell is an option. So now I've rotated through those four exercises. I've done like a press. I've hit, hit some legs in there. I've hit some back, and I've hit my core as well. Depending on what you want to do, you could either you can also do plank for 30 seconds. So, and then as soon as I'm done with those four exercises, it starts again, right? So if I completed my 20 crunches in 30 seconds, as soon as that, thir that my 30 seconds rest is up, I'm going back to using the dumbbells for presses. Let's say I do that for five rounds. That's 20 minutes right there. So that's a 20 minute workout. So not only have I did a little bit of cardio in my mobility, which took 10 minutes, hopefully, I've just now done this 20 minute workout and, I, you know, I challenge anybody who is listening to just even give this a try, creating some sort of your own EMOM using weights. It's actually very, very challenging, right, depending on how many rounds you want to do. So you, it's definitely possible. It just takes a little bit of planning and education. If, you're, if it's like I'm a classic bodybuilder, right, and I want to do, I only have 30 to 40 minutes, I'll typically do the same thing. I'll just cut, I'll cut my warm up the the cardio and the mobility a little bit shorter to some key ones so maybe I'll do the stepper for three or four minutes instead of five or six and then I will use a PVC pipe for a little bit of mobility at the shoulder I won't do my whole routine where I go into like cat camel and do thoracic mobility I'll just do a couple of things with a PVC pipe and then I'll 
again, this is where the planning comes in. I have a few key chest exercises that I want to do. Let's say if I'm doing chest that day, chest and tries. You know, I have the three top ones. I have an incline, I have a flat, and then I have a fly. And I've programmed that down to where my rests are and how many reps I'm doing and at what weight. And then what I'm going to do for my triceps after. And you can, if you plan it, you can get a full great workout in, in that 30 minutes. Will it be as beneficial as doing something for 45 minutes to an hour? It actually really depends. It depends on the weight, how hard I'm pushing it, how what my recovery was. I think it's easier to get everything you need in in an hour for sure. But it is very, very possible to squeeze something in in 20 to 30 minutes when you need to if the planning is done correctly. Again, trainers, right, especially the ones that I have, great work doing that. I think if somebody wanted to plan for themselves, it would be a little bit more difficult just because maybe they don't have the extensive knowledge and experience to plan efficiently to get the best results. But that's what I would do if I was if I was pressed for time. I would plan out my workouts and I would execute them very well. So again, that also means planning when you're going to leave the door. So my alarm goes off at, if I'm a morning person, my alarm goes off at 5.30. I'm out the door by 5.45. I get to the gym at 6. At 6, I start my warm-up, and then at 6.30, 6.45, I'm out the door, and I get to work, you know, a shower, get to work at 7.30. So again, it just requires some prep. It sounds like a lot of work, but honestly, if you're motivated to get in shape and, like, make this a part of your, you know, your lifestyle, it really isn't. And planning it actually becomes pretty fun, too. And then when you start to see results build off just those short exercises – that motivates you even more, you know? So that's my take on it. I'm going to add my take on it. And I love I think, it. Yes, let's go. I think – so Jared came from CrossFit and before that was an athlete. And I think that a lot of people that listen are have the same – they were an athlete growing up or even through college and have this mentality of, like, get the heart rate up, get going – get moving and it's not to say that like the email exercises you provided are terrible like no that's a great get your heart rate up hit every muscle group workout I want to make it even simpler <laughs> and say pick one compound lift so for those of you who don't know what compound lifts are that's using multiple muscle groups at one time there's like a top five I would even argue a top six that would be a deadlift a squat and, or a hip thrust for your legs, and then an overhead press, a bench press, and a row for your upper body. So you could pick one of those and focus on adding the weight every time. Those exercises alone, if you are focusing on building muscle and that is what you want, you want to put on muscle, you want that nice, strong-looking body, those exercises take like about 12 to 15 minutes each if you're doing let's say four or five sets because you need those rest periods in between to add to it so let's say that takes 15 minutes let's say I'll give an example of you want a chest day because that's one of the examples you gave you could just do a bench press you could do it with dumbbells you could do it with barbells do a bench press that takes about like obviously we have like five minutes of warming up that mobility to warm up your upper body your shoulders your chest everything you need maybe add in some push-ups and then do a bench press, about four sets of those. You could do like, or five sets. You could do a five by five, five sets, five reps. And then you could do like skull crushers or tricep extensions just to more target more of the smaller muscle group and have it be more of an isolated exercise. And then that's your 
like chest day for that day. Next day, if you do rows, you could do bent over rows and then you could do lat pull downs or you could do bicep curls. So just think one big exercise, one little exercise, and it'll still give you the effects that you need. But again, that's for if people want to put on muscle. I think if you just want to feel like you got a full workout in, listen to what Jared said because those are good. Those are good exercises. It does target every single muscle group. You leave the gym feeling very even, whereas the examples I give, you're going to leave the gym feeling like you have a nice chest and tricep pump and then nowhere else in your body is going to feel that pump. So it really depends on you. There's an individual variance in all of this. There's individuality in what your goals are, what you want from your workout source. It's all going to be up to you. We just gave you three different really good options to pick from and you can always rewind and re-listen to them if you're ever like, shit, what was, what did they say? What can I do in the gym? But I think what Jared was really getting at that I want to highlight even more is plan. Before you walk into the gym, you need to know what you're doing. And if you are an early morning gym goer, that's got to happen the night before because your brain's not going to be thinking about that in the morning before your coffee. That's very true. And I, I do like that. See, I never, that is something that I've never thought about. Yeah, I think in my mind, you know, coming from an athletic background and doing some of the things that I've done, it didn't even occur to me to even approach it that way. I do like doing more compound movements because it does hit more muscle groups. And then you, like you said, you do a big one and then you do a little one. It's so funny. I think, again, I just feel thinking from a, from a men's perspective or a male perspective is that if I go to the gym and I do like just two, two exercises, I do, you know, warm up, I do bench and then I do skull crushers and then I have to leave. I'm thinking to myself, did I do enough? Right. Which I, I guess is why in my mind I thought of the imams. But like you said, if you plan and you do it well enough in the appropriate amount of sets, doing something like a bench, a big compound movement, and then something small like the skull crushers for something should definitely be enough to get you to where you want to be, muscle growth, hypertrophy. Um, So I think that was a good point that you brought up. Yeah, doing enough is solely your own mind because any like doing something is better than nothing and what we want to is get you to a point where you do the least amount of work to elicit the most amount of change so that maybe you aren't working out all the time every single day but it's more like you want to be but you don't have to be doing all these different exercises to see or even maintain the results you've already developed. I want to wrap it because you brought of like some of the things from a men's perspective of uh, the like second to last question because last question is always any final words of advice but what effect does exercise does activity does being in the gym have on maybe some of the challenges that men specifically face in today's world so you can bring in like some of the ego that you mentioned or Uh, Maybe if you have some body image issues, because I know that's not talked about a lot in the men's space. It's talked about a lot in the women's space. So I just want to know what are some challenges that men face and uh, or even that you've faced that affects exercise and the relationship to it and the role that it plays in your life as you get older? Well, I'm glad you brought some of that up. I'll I'll bring up kind of what you just touched on a little bit of the body dysmorphia in, in men. I think social media definitely plays a huge role in that. And again, because I think it's it's very it's very public that images like on supermodels on for Victoria's Secret and all that can affect, you know, like a woman's self esteem and self confidence. Now they have 
they they are brought up to think this is what I need to look like, and then they have this body dysmorphia, and then go exercise, and may even have an unhealthy relationship with exercise. That's what I. The have. same is true. Yeah, the same the same is true for men. I I don't think that because I think men originally were portrayed as strong, stoic, masculine figures where you know they they can't be hurt emotionally. I don't think that that's talked about, but the same thing goes through them. You know, you see these Instagram models online with freaking 12 packs, you know, huge chest, chiseled arms, and you you know, tan mocha skin, and you're like, holy moly, like, I don't look anything like that. And I think you can take that in two ways, you know, and this is this is how I take it. It just kind of motivates me to be like, oh, like, it's possible to get there. And, you know, like, if I put in the hard work, I could probably look better than I am now. I don't think it's a crime to want to look to be the best version of yourself and to look better than you do. I think people just need to say that out loud, right? Like if I'm not happy with, you know, a, maybe a part of my body or I feel like I've, you know, gotten extra love handles or I'm losing my abs or whatever it may, case may be, and I feel like I'd be happier doing X, Y, Z to reach that goal. I don't think it's unhealthy. I think it becomes unhealthy when it's obsessive and you can't see any progress and you always, no matter how skinny or how muscular you get, you always think that you're you're fat for some reason. And I think that's where the unhealthiness comes from. But I think men do face challenges like that to where they're brought up to look a certain way and now they're you know now they need to have like a really really nice chiseled arms and no like no gut right because i think like the dad bod as well has is is running rampant and so um, i think it it does challenge this guy's self-esteem what i what i really wanted to touch on you know that of some of the challenges men face um I, i mentioned it earlier is finding a purpose being respected as a man in today's society and then also finding their their soulmate or their significant other if you imp- improve your own health and fitness it will actually open up doors and create opportunities for you to grow in other areas it's going to increase your motivation you know clear your mind and i feel like that's again how a lot of guys can find their purpose you know it's just using exercise as a catalyst I think if you look good, right? Let's say if you're a dude that that works out and you you look like you work out, you know, you're you're wearing some form-fitting clothes. I think that there's already a level of respect that's given to you by other men and women because if I see a guy that has a great body, I know that that didn't just happen by accident. That guy just didn't like he didn't grow up and all of a sudden he has a chiseled abs, like great arms, a good back, whatever it is. That guy worked hard for that and he worked out daily, right? So there's already a level of respect that you can give other people when they do look good. And I think for guys, I don't know how often you would ask another guy this, like if they would rather have love from their significant other or respect. And a lot of times guys just really want respect. They want to be respected by their peers as well as their their lovers. I think exercising daily will put you in a space that will lead to more respect because I think it is it is definitely now with some of the movements that are going on where I think men are a little bit less respected in today's society. There's a lot of people are both men and women, but just from my just from what I've seen, I feel like it can be thrown at guys somewhat and guys just need to need to deal with it. Um, but I think if they exercise routinely, it can help them cope in that space in regards to not just re- respect that they may receive from other people, but respect that they will have for themselves. Getting in a fitness as a discipline, you learn to respect yourself for going in and crushing your daily goals.
you know, and it also goes through challenges with men finding finding women, right, and finding their soulmate. And I, and I don't think this is this is any mystery. But if you work out and you look good, you are going to have more options, right, for both men and women. And I definitely think personality plays a huge role in it because you can't be with someone who just looks good, who you can't have deep conversations with, can't get along with or communicate well with. That is extremely important. However, for men, I think men are becoming, you know, more judged and more criticized lately in today's world. And if you're adopting exercise as a routine and you look good and you feel good, you have a higher chance of reaching or seeing or meeting your soulmates because now all the opportunities for you to date somebody have opened up not from just looking better but also having the confidence that comes with working out daily and so i think those challenges that men face if they were to exercise routinely could help in those areas of of their life that they may never even thought of i want to piggyback off that with two things one This is true because from a survival standpoint, the place we evolved from, women were going to find the man that was the fittest because they could take care of them. They could go and do the hunting. They can make sure there's a nice house being built, like a hut. So we still have that same brain. We're still coming from that same place. It's not a shallow remark of I just want a fit man to be around, but it's because we know that we're going to be safe with that person. And then can I touch on the yes. can I touch on it also for the men with that? And I think it's the same thing with women with like really well-defined glutes. For a guy to see a woman who has great childbearing hips, that's another like again, primal instinct in our mind is like, oh, that is the one that's more attractive to me again, which is why you see so many glute programs coming on now. Every single woman's doing hip thrusts wherever they go. So Hey, I did hip thrusts today. There we go. See, my, my point, I rest my case. So I think I think you're right. I think there is something primal in both situations for both sexes. So both for men and for women. What we want to see as men is we want to see a woman that has great childbearing hips. And then, you know, for, for women, you want to see a guy that you, you can be your protector and, your, and who could take care of you. It goes back to, again, hunting, building a home, making you feel safe. And I think a guy can achieve that if they do adopt a really good exercise routine. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to add was we all started from somewhere. I know you're saying you respect a guy a lot more if he has like a nice cut fitted shirt on and is like, and it's because he didn't just walk into the gym and immediately have these muscles. It took time it took discipline it took consistency and everyone started from nothing so everyone in the gym appreciates anyone new coming into the gym because we all started from that exact point at some point in our lives I mean yes some of us have more of an athletic background and sports have helped curate this relationship but even still walking into the gym is a whole other beast and we all started from somewhere which was nowhere and built that foundation up so I like to close out every episode with anything else that you want to speak on. So any message you want to share with maybe the male side of 20-somethings listening. But any, any final remarks? Yeah, uh, honestly, in, the, in your 20s, you just need to focus on self-growth and self-improvement. I think a lot of times like when we start to become attracted to the opposite sex, that becomes part of our main focus. Especially in your 20s, right? When you look good, you feel good, hormones are rampant and all that other stuff. If 
you know, this goes for both men and women. If you have some self-control, go ahead in your 20s, learn some new skills. You'll never go broke investing in yourself. And you go like moving into a course of self-improvement in some way. When you become the best version of yourself, everything else is going to fall into place. So you probably have a bit better likelihood of being around a friend group that is a lot better suited for you if you've self-improved, being with your significant honor that you're meant to be with if you're self-improved. I know a lot of other things will tend to fall into place. When you're in your 20s, you're still so young. Like There's so much life to live, and I don't think it should be spent on the, the small things of like, who are you going to spend your time with yet and where are you going to be and are you in that job that you you want to be in right now for the rest of your life like it's a whole ground to again your main goal should be self-improvement and i think like i said as you grow right and you you grow in your self-respect and your intellect your emotions everything else in your life starts to grow around you everything else is just going to fall into place so i think your 20s is just a great time to really focus on yourself yeah i couldn't agree more work with the coach <clears throat> me but <laughs> oh yes that's right <laughs> thanks thanks jared for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge your expertise and your experiences with me and my listeners where can people find you if they want to follow you or ask you anything so you people are more than welcome to follow me on Instagram. It should be Jared Fisher eighty eight. Um, I have my uh, white coat on on there and a stethoscope. And then I'm also actually creating a, a page to help educate a little bit more people on HRT, hormone therapy, and peptide therapy as well. Um, it's called First Class Medical, and so it'll be. Um, a clinic and an educational base on Instagram. It'll just kind of give you more information and education on what to look for in your labs if you're looking at your hormones, right? What peptides uh, are people normally looking for and what are safe to do and, and how to do them. So um, if people also are interested in that peptides, anti-aging and HRT, more than welcome to look that up on Instagram too. All right. And if you guys actually want to know more and want him back on, just let me know and we can make an episode to talk about peptides and hormone therapy because I love that stuff as well. But as always, too, his information will be linked in the show notes for you guys to easily access. Otherwise, this concludes another episode of How to 20-something. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend, maybe a friend who needs to start working out, <laughs> post it on social media and tag me or tag D Jared when you do if you're sharing this episode. Give me a good rating, show some support in some way because I never really know who's listening. And I will be in your headphones again next week with another brand new episode. 